0: In this day and age, everybody and everything is woke, woke, woke. Even sports talk. And that's why we call bullshit. Welcome to Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. A sports podcast by regular dudes. For regular dudes, we'll give you a break from all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. From high school to the pros, we're talking about it. Red-blooded American. Loud, real, and raw. Patriot Sports Radio. With your hosts, Eric, John, Chris, and the coach.
1: Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in. My name is Eric, Patriot Sports Radio. I am your host. We're a man down tonight. We have no adult supervision. The coach is off. We have the impossibly handsome John Shirley in his knit cap out in Denver. We have Chris over here shoveling coal in the furnace, turning the knobs, making the show go. John, you look like you're about
2: 80%. How are you feeling? About 80%. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. So I just got my ass kicked in a in a workout class for about an hour. Um, been bouncing around all day, but glad to be on the podcast tonight. That's a roundabout
1: way of telling us he works out. That's what he just did.
2: <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm a pretty big hard ass. I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah. It's it's mostly reps.
2: It's a lot of band exercises, getting yelled at by a guy with a man bun running on a treadmill, <laughs> and the like.
1: I wish I knew more gym vocabulary. I could I could make jokes, but I don't even go to the gym enough to know what things are called. I know there's
2: reps. There, there's reps. So you have like old school coach speak, who's like "Z's in the knees," and quit fucking around. <laughs> they, don't, they don't say that. in uh, trendy workouts, uh, you know, they, they say, get your seat down. They can't say, but it's all very politically correct. Yeah. It's not, it's not your old school coach throwing clipboards and, and making you run around the gym with a weighted vest because you uh, punched another player in the face because he was being a prick. It's not like that. We've come a long way. Now it's increase your treadmill to incline number six, when you're ready. i'm not kidding you feel up to it that's not an exaggeration all that despite despite how soft it may sound it actually is difficult and i'm pretty tired we're going live
1: yeah that's That's why I don't do it, uh, because it's difficult. (laughs) I tell myself I have a physical job, and that's enough. My little wristband tells me that I hit 15,000 steps a day, as long as it keeps doing that. It's pretty
2: good, though. I mean, part of the reason I'm actually doing all of this is because I spent about 10 years working a desk job after being somewhat athletic in high school, not not to humble brag or anything, but squatting quite a bit, benching and all that. And then to try to reintroduce yourself to a gym after 10 years of a sedentary lifestyle and being humbled by uh, the single plates on both sides of the bar that you're benching. You're just like, shoot, I got to do something to get back in shape. So that's that's my quest. I love it. I'm motivated by it. Chris got a kayak. I'm going to
1: get him into kayaking this summer. You're going to get
2: is. some shoulders.
1: Oh, yeah. That's going to be our fitness activity, paddling and reeling and fish. Yeah.
2: You going to take that kayak out to San Francisco and to McCovey Cove and watch for home runs? No, I think
1: what I'll do is I'll, I think I'll take my plastic kayak that's made almost entirely of petroleum products and I'll paddle it out to an oil rig to protest drilling.
2: (laughs) Have you ever done paddle boarding?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have one of those. I got one for my daughter last summer. I use it more than she does. It's awesome. They're great.
2: I mean, I ruined my ex-girlfriends pretty quickly. Um, so you got to be careful with those, or else you'll pop them. Uh, they're a good time, good workout too. How did you? How did you pop? So I'm actually waiting on the. How text. did you pop the paddle? Board? We broke up about six months ago, and I'm waiting for that text to be like, "You owe me two hundred and fifty dollars for that paddle board we used at the very end of the season that you broke."
1: That'll come in May. Yeah.
2: And then I'm going to shoot her back with, hey, remember that time you drove my car and you scratched the shit out of the side of it by trying to park it in the parking garage? (laughs) So I'm ready.
1: Oh, young love. Hey, this is a sports show. Should we talk about sports?
2: Let's do it. Did you watch watch any of the tournament? Yeah, I watched quite a bit of the tournament. Illinois sucks. They're undercoached. They got a ton of talent. Yeah. And somehow we get mediocrity out of Kofi Coburn. Don't even know what was happening to Corbello at the end of the game. Just really disappointing. We had freshmen coming in trying to really paddle uh, the rest of the kayak, so to speak, if we're going to stick with kayak analogies. But we had freshmen coming off the bench launching threes that are trying to keep us in it. As a bandwagon Illinois fan, it's kind of par for the course for me to tune tune in on March Madness and just say, I thought we were good. What's happening? So I watched a couple of the Illinois games. Houston just looks really, really good. Good coaching, real fast tempo. You just have a lot of gamers, and Illinois had none of that. And we got waxed. It was disappointing.
1: Yeah, this Houston team is just crashing the boards and getting second-chance points over and over again. I thought I was told that they were a fraud. I'm not a huge college basketball fan. I I watch it during the season, but I don't really buckle down until – right before the tournament and really pay attention and what i heard was houston scheduled a bunch of cupcakes to blow up their schedule into something it really isn't and they were going to get exposed they're just they're good they kicked the shit out of it they did that kofi coburn is so much bigger than everybody yeah god i had chattanooga and I I'm halfway through the game, I'm like, I'm going to hate this kid by the end of this game because he's going to be the problem. He looked like a high school kid playing against middle school kids on the playground. It was insane. It,
2: it it looks like he was out of shape. It's hard to judge that. You know, you don't want to be too judgmental of the big men on the court, but gosh, darn, I've never seen somebody sweat like that. So <laughs> my takeaway in, in what I was texting a bunch of my friends is just, how little Underwood got out of this crew because Corbello is not bad and he regressed from year to year and mm-hmm. Kofi didn't get any better and we have we're left with the same result I think I don't know I was disappointed on a Sunday in March last year when we lost to Loyola disappointed on a Sunday in March this year we lose to Houston you know everybody was so pumped about Brad Underwood coming here I just don't see the results I mean you can talk about Big 10 titles or shares of titles all you want, but just not getting the performance in March, I don't I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's when it matters. Yeah. Whoever comes out of this Houston-Arizona matchup, I think is going to have a pretty clear path. They're going to get the winner of Michigan-Villanova, and then whoever comes out of this Midwest bracket, Kansas, Providence, maybe Miami. I think the upsets are about done. I don't know. I cashed in on some of those. We were talking to Coach Smith, I think was that, and he was saying that, you know, I think if you bet every underdog, you would probably come out ahead. So I said, let's do that. Let's uh, throw out the 16 seeds and all the really close games and just bet the 10 biggest underdogs. The St. Peter's fucking Peacocks. We might have to get some Peacock memorabilia in here. They by themselves made it a profitable venture before uh, New Mexico State even won. Mm-hmm. So, And then I took them again. St. Peter's in the second round, and they got it done again. This is awesome. I love these yeah, guys. Go
2: Cox. Was it in our group chat that somebody said that their entire uh, athletics budget is less than John Calipari's salary?
1: <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me.
2: So, what what were your takeaways? I was kind of honed in on the Illinois game, and a lot of it kind of runs together for me. But what were some of your takeaways?
1: It seems like free throw percentage and offensive rebounds are the keys to this thing. Cause these games seem to all come down to the wire and it's all about who's hitting their foul shots and who's getting the rebound. Cause wow, these kids, a lot of them can't fucking shoot. There are a lot of misses. Yeah. Rebounds are, are a big deal.
2: The drive and kick game. Um, you know, the, uh, who was our friend who came on the high school coach? I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but you know, he talked about how they modeled some of their games after the college. and, And you can see that so many of the colleges, It's dribble, drive to the hole, uh, try to get a foul, get to the line or drive and kick and then hope your three balls are are hitting. Some of the other teams that that aren't necessarily following that seem to be if they have mid range shooters and stuff, they seem to be doing well, too.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'd be very annoyed as a coach watching these kids brick threes over and over again, but they, they have a short memory. They have no problem throwing it up again. If they're all for four, right. They have no problem doing it. I love it.
2: <laughs> it's also funny to hear Charles Barkley give, <laughs> give the same analysis to every game. Cause you can tell he watches it and he's, he just doesn't really love the college game. He's more of an NBA guy. He likes the personalities. He likes tempo and everything. He kind of gives the same analysis at every halftime report. Free throws, three-pointers, whether they're playing defense, is somebody getting, keep getting trapped in the corner on the, on the press? It's, it's kind of like Groundhog Day, watching Charles Barkley give his recap.
1: He said there's 20 teams before the tournament started. He said there's 20 teams that can win the whole thing. I don't know. That's a little ambitious. Yeah. But I love, I love that he's just unapologetically Charles Barkley. He's like, yeah. I, uh, I'm a little fat. Uh, I like <laughs> whores. I like to gamble. Uh, so what? If yeah. you don't like it, fucking kick me off TNT.
2: Yeah, I'm going to talk about big old San Antonio women. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my favorite Charles Barkley. He's game. very frank. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. didn't he tell that cop uh, who pulled him over that he was speeding because he was on his way to get oral sex from a young lady?
2: Sounds about right. He's an interesting guy. I've listened to numerous podcasts with him. He's on Waddle and Sylvie in Chicago about once a month. That's a guy that's done everything and learned everything, thrown people through glass windows, spit in people's faces, uh, gone through anger management. And so, you know, I I love to hear him talk and explain things because he doesn't pull punches. Really appreciate that about him. And I I think he needs his own reality show. So, you know, he says he's going to retire when he's done with TNT after his contract in like two years. And uh, I hope I hope he gets his own reality show.
1: Yeah, the, I'd watch that. I would watch Life According to Chuck or Chuck Don't Give a Fuck on <laughs> Chuck HBO, maybe. A fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got on the docket today?
1: Uh, I was going to yell at Coach because his Oklahoma Sooners fucking lost, but. We can do that on Tuesday. St. Bonaventure Bonneys got the best of them. I'm I'm glad I put five dollars on them at twenty to one. I'm actually in a better spot now. Now that I think about it, Oklahoma was only four and a half to one. I think now I got the now if the Bonnies can just win a couple more games, we're good.
3: I the Bonnies beat them. Yeah, yeah. And that's the team that Chris was talking shit about last episode. Yeah, he huh?
1: called them St. Bonaventure. So maybe he'll get their name correct this time. I let it go. I let it go once.
3: There was a lot of sarcasm in that, Eric. There was a lot of sarcasm Uh when he said it, too. Now he's eating it. Now he's eating it. And I'm glad that you laid five. That's why I love it. Real American degenerate right there. Absolutely. Five times 20 is 100. I love those odds. You know what else I got
1: cooking? In the second round, I saw some underdogs that I like. Iowa State Cyclones, the Miami Hurricanes, and the TCU Horn Frogs, I thought, oh, that's all like raining frogs, storming apocalyptic shit. There's like a theme there. I need some kind of religious anchor to this thing. So I also took the Providence Friars. Oh, there you go. And this bet was sixty-five to one. It was almost sixty-six to one. Like this is too perfect. The Miami Hurricanes dispatched fraudulent Auburn, oh, two seed, and what then. I had. And then Iowa State beat Wisconsin. TCU took one seed Arizona to overtime. They almost beat them, but they definitely covered the nine and a half. So now I'm sitting here with a parlay ticket that is three-fourths of the way home. All that's left is Providence to beat Kansas. Doable. That pays $329 on a $5 bet. Or I could cash it out right now for $69. Oof. Now that's a great return on five dollars. But Bill Self fucking chokes in the tournament, and I know he's gonna do it against this Providence.
2: Tournament. I know Bill Self chokes. I was an Illinois fan when they choked against North Carolina in two thousand five.
3: When Providence is up going into the half, and that ticket's worth one hundred and four bucks, we'll cash that some bitch out, and we'll go eat steak.
2: Yep, take it straight to Chili's. What is Bill Self's
1: tournament record? Fifty-one and twenty-one. That's it. 14 straight times he made the tournament from 05 to 18. How many? This is a better question. How many Final Fours?
2: I think he only had the Uh, one at Illinois. He also
1: led the Jayhawks to three Final Four appearances. In 08, he won the championship. Uh, four. Three? Roy Williams took Kansas four times and North Carolina five times. I'm fading Bill Self. That's what I'm doing. The Sports Gambling Podcast has commandments for this shit, and one of them is thou shalt fade Bill's self.
2: Know thyself, fade Bill self.
1: The passing on the cash out has burned me a couple times. When Baylor was down yeah. 25 to UNC, I was in the drive-thru at McDonald's listening to the game. UNC's star player got ejected from the game, and I'm like, oh, this is the refs trying to cook it for Baylor. So I put 10 bucks on Baylor at 12 to 1. And then at the end of regulation, I could have cashed out for like 80 bucks and I didn't because I thought this is where UNC unravels. But they did not. I don't know what's going on with them. They all of a sudden, when they beat Duke, they're like, oh yeah, we're North Carolina. Fuck, we could win some games.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was a great game, too. Um, I was really impressed with uh, the guy I said looked like he wore a snake to parties. uh, Mayor, the guy with uh, the mullet. (laughs) That guy's tough. He rolled his ankle pretty hard, and then he came back in, and then he fouled out, which stunk. And it was a stupid foul. You could tell he was mad when he did it. And uh, I kind of had a bad feeling after that, because it felt like he was kind of the heart of the team there for a while. He only had like 10 points or something like that, but really came up with you know good stops, steals, good assists. That was kind of sad to see that, because they were really cooking with him in there.
1: Yeah, the ultimate glue guy. If he does a porno, I hope he calls it glue guy. <coughs>
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so speaking of uh I don't know, genitals, Deshaun Watson got the biggest guaranteed money anybody's ever gotten in the NFL. He got a hundred million more guaranteed dollars than Aaron Charles Rogers just got. So a couple questions. Does this I mean, prove once and for all that Kaepernick is full of shit and maybe the league is not racist if they just gave a black man a quarter billion dollars when he's got 22 allegations hanging over his head. And two, all this hashtag no more, all these fucking little campaigns and the shit they write on the back of the helmets and on the sidelines, it means fucking nothing if you just gave Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed. Even if he did nothing, even if all 22, it looks so bad for a league that's obsessed with how things look. I just can't make sense of this. If the man's innocent and he hasn't even been taken to court on, I mean, he's not even been charged. So I say, let the man work, but it's a bad look.
2: It's really bad. They gave the whole PR I don't know, fluff piece on like we we sympathize or whatever it was. It basically saying like we – it was just a bunch of bullshit. Um, and, and I find it to be very expected and hypocritical, but I, I'm not surprised at all. It's it's just kind of a weird way that it unfolded. There's a weird uh, connection too with the lawyers and in Cleveland and the Browns. Um, the whole story is very interesting. I'm sure we'll have a 30 for 30 on it. This, this is probably just going to go away. To be honest, if if we learn anything about the NFL, they'll find some way to, to push this aside and move forward because they don't want to, they don't want this hanging over. Uh, they don't want ESPN talking about this too much. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much money he got guaranteed in the way they structured it. What were their six draft picks that the Browns gave up for it? And then they gave him a million-dollar salary year one so that if he gets punished, it's really not that much of a punishment for him financially. It's it's really a bad look for the Cleveland Browns. I wouldn't be happy if the Bears did that.
1: It's like when they killed Epstein, when we all knew they were going to kill Epstein. It's like, we don't care how this looks. This is just what we're doing. He's going to win football games. Chris, can you look up his contract? What is Mr. Watson making year by year? Yeah, this $1 million contract, first year thing is really
2: its kind of a slap in the face. That really
1: drives it home. Like, hey, we're playing ball. This will put winning cures everything to the ultimate test.
2: Yeah. It's I saw that and it was just it's just messed up. It's the same old song and dance from the NFL. These owners are are really kind of at the root of of where capitalism doesn't care. Don't they have Kareem Hunt on the roster too?
1: Yes. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah, wherever. What does that say? 54 million cap hit next
3: year. So they must be sure he's going to skate. He's getting a million dollars this year. Nine million signing with a $10 million cap hit. Next year, he's due 46 million. Jeez. And 46 million each year after that. And each year after that, the cap hit is 55 million. So they get him cheap this year. Then they got to pay him. And they're
1: stuck with him. There's a dead cap hit of everything. The full balance. Why
3: would the Browns do that? In six draft picks. They're desperate. I mean, For what? They're not going to win this year? What are they going to win with? They do have weapons, They but keep thinking. I don't know. He hasn't played in a year, bro. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. And I don't think they're going to be good. I think there's something about that uniform that makes you 30% worse at football. Yeah. Like, you can't put on that brown shit helmet and just go out there on that field in that city. You know, at least it's not Detroit. Yeah. You
2: know. <laughs> a mistake by the Come way. Come see
1: our river that catches on fire. <laughs> it's so polluted that all our fish have eight.
3: Deshaun Watson doesn't win a game last year. He gets five year two hundred and thirty million dollars. My boy Corbin Burns, our ace pitcher, wins a fucking Cy Young and gets six point fives to avoid God. arbitration.
2: Is he a young guy? It's like
3: my uncle on my birthday.
2: Is he in his first couple of years, still on his rookie deal?
3: Congrats on the side young. Welcome to arbitration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't have to pay him this year. That's why they didn't pay him, and and they can't afford to pay him. Be, I mean, we'll lose him when it's time to pay him. He'll go to the Yankees or the Dodgers. The new Yankees probably go west. Go west, go young west, man. West, young man. Hopefully, our vending machine down in Arizona got some more pull tabs. We got a few more pitchers exactly. down there. Exactly. All right, you guys go ahead.
2: I I, I don't see this moving the needle for the Browns. They still. They got weapons and everything, but they're still the Browns. I don't see them winning. Is their season
1: win total up yet? See if there's a line on their season win total. Whatever that is, I want to bet the under because it's got to be inflated. This kid's gonna be suspended for four to six games, I would assume, just to save some face. Now I'm seeing a lot of Browns fans hopping off the bandwagon. Uh, I'm in search of a new team or open application process. The DMs are open. Like, look, at, well, you better fucking, <laughs> you better get your PI jacket on and really look into these teams because. There's probably a felon on every fucking one of them that's done something you disagree with. Tyreek Hill choked a pregnant woman and threw her down a flight of stairs. And then three years after that kid was born, the kid's arm got broken. I mean, allegedly. I don't know. That's not alleged. It got broken. Yeah, but he's fast as fuck. His Twitter handle is at Cheetah. So he catches footballs and runs fast. It's all good. Go out there and run, play in the Super Bowl, young man. But this guy, I mean, it looks bad, but what's been proven, you know, I just, where do you draw the line? If you're going to start saying that you're not going to watch sports because somebody abused somebody or they shot someone, then I don't know. I maybe cricket. I don't know if those guys behave, but you're not going to find a lot of NFL teams that are, you know, I get pissed off at the Packers sometimes because they won't sign these degenerates. (laughs) I mean, they can fucking play. (laughs) <laughs> if you can get Kareem Hunt for a million dollars, I mean, maybe do it.
2: You know, that's the one thing about... Uh, I'm trying to think the last time Chicago signed somebody and you'd have to go back to a Chapman. That one wasn't good. Yeah. yeah. But he helped us win a World Series, but there was lots of chatter about... Um, because that's when we went pole to pole. We were ranked to be the best. And then we ended up winning the World Series... But I remember for months, a talk on the radio was, we do not want to win the World Series with Chapman on the mound in the bottom of the ninth and the seventh game. And and luckily, we didn't. Um, He actually sucked in game seven, and we had to pull him. Uh, But... Yeah, they, that's that's the only one I can really remember that was kind of a degenerate. We've had lovable degenerates. I mean, Erlacher uh, doesn't have the squeakiest clean record. I mean, we had Dennis Rodman for Pete's sake, but uh, we haven't had too many just really deplorable kind of characters other than Araldus Chapman, the Cuban Missile.
1: Oh, I thought that was the only one up.
2: What did he do? He shot a gun in a
1: garage. That was That was a weird one. No domestic violence. <laughs>
2: I'm not laughing about that. It, it was
1: he had like a Greg Hardy type, very severe, nearly killed a person yeah that's right. See I get
2: them mixed up I, I, and I'm not laughing off domestic violence. I'm laughing at the fact that it wasn't something as trivial as shooting a gun in in a club like Plaxico Burris. <laughs> it was something serious and uh, it was I'd like to think Chicago's owners and, and management do kind of rise above that Blackhawks aside you know every every city's got their yeah uh, got their warts, it's oh this was business.
1: that night the night he the night he choked his girlfriend, he also fired a gun in the garage, yeah, wow, he went nuts that night,
2: kind of like Richard Sherman did, yeah,
1: that was odd, yeah, I don't know, man, you get these guys slamming their heads into each other, and they're gladiators oh who have never been told no their whole life they're used to getting their way. I don't you know at some point you create a monster. Yeah. Especially if you're getting concussions and possibly using performance enhancers. Yeah. There's no NFL totals up, these pussies.
2: Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be pro athletes.
1: Yeah, running backs at least. (laughs) Running backs and linebackers, you're going to take some shit to the head.
2: You guys been following the... uh...
1: Leah Thomas, a.k.a. Jackie Robinson. Oh, gosh, don't start that.
2: So this is... uh, There's starting to be some pushback. And uh, one specifically, so like you probably saw the picture, the third, fourth, second, third, and fourth place decided to all kind of huddle on the third place podium. And she was on the, Leo was on the first place. And there's a little bit of a protest there. I I think it's kind of a good thing because again, politics aside, you can think whatever you want about transgenders and, and, and what their rights are in society. But the truth is, I think we're seeing a lot of People really speak out against the, the unfairness, primarily the competitors. And it's not only the people that got second, third, and fourth huddling on third place. Uh, here's Virginia Tech swimmer Rika Chiorgi. Uh, she got bumped from the finals. She was, I think, the 17th out of 16 that go to the final race.
1: She was banned from Twitter today for talking about it.
2: Really? So, like, where are we at in society where? It's gotten so polarized and so politicized that the people that it's affecting aren't even allowed to talk about it. I think it's it's so backwards because here's somebody who rightfully has her feelings, right? and she's entitled to her reality and her opinions in this this world that we live in. But the minute she starts talking about it, it's just here comes a ban, pretty messed up, but I you know, I'm starting to get more libertarian in this, and it's kind of like, all right well if if we want to decide. You can decide which gender you want to swim, and let's just let's do it. Let's see how weird we can take this, and let's really expose the unfairness that is having a biological male swim against females. So again, we'll see where this goes. I don't see the NCAA backing down to the big political machine and and what's with transgender rights, and they don't seem to want to speak out against the the reality of the fairness of it, which is their job. But they're still not going to do it, and we're going to let politics really eke its way into every aspect of our lives, including collegiate swimming. And I I'm just we've talked about it before. It's not even about the politics of it. I think it's it's a completely different conversation, yet we're always going to be stuck in the mud because people are too afraid to speak out against transgender swimming because it's it's scary, right? I mean you can get in trouble. Uh we've seen the players on the teams say that they're afraid to speak out and we're just going to have to live with it until we get just one big group of swimmers and it's male, female, whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where the future goes. I'm not going to get too riled up over it anymore. It's, it's annoying. I I don't think it's fair. We're here and we're apparently just going to let society just politicize its way into all these sports. (laughs) I don't know. I'm kind of wasted a a lot of energy caring about it. Now I just, I just don't anymore. Do what you want and uh, everybody else will act accordingly.
3: Well, number one a hundred percent of this rest on the NCAA. Yeah. Because Leah is she's within the rules. She's yeah. She what what however you feel, whatever's going on with I, I don't oppose transgender or transgenderism. Um, I'm not gonna say that I, I've never really been exposed to it in my life never been around it or I I didn't know. It's just never been right here ever. But the competition part, something needs to happen here. Like some adults need to go into a room and figure this out. Certainly. Because there's some really good swimmers that were on the the bottom half of that podium that are the best swimmers in the United States of America for women.
2: Or have competed in the Olympics.
3: A hundred percent. But again, let me, I, I, I just want to reiterate, I'm not blaming Leah. She's within the rules. She's everything that she's done is correct. I mean, whether it's morally correct to her, that's something for her to live with. But as far as the rules that are in front of her, she, she's playing by them and that sucks. So, and you got a whole bunch of old white men that are scared to ruffle a fucking feather. Yeah. So I don't know how this is going to change. I, I, I don't know because there's an act and where they're at in the academia land. They're not surrounded by a bunch of support for for changing this.
1: And I think that's the slippery slope. People think that if you speak out against Leah Thomas competing against biological females, that you're speaking out against transgender rights or the transgender movement in some way. And I see, um, you know, people involved in the transgender movement on social media talking about this is not what it's about. Like, we're not on board with this either. And it's bad press. For, you Mm -hmm. know, these people have, I can't imagine what that's like. If the shirt I want to wear is dirty and I have to wear an outfit I don't like, I feel uncomfortable. I can't imagine what they go through trying to be accepted and feel comfortable. But this is... You know, my policy has always been as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't care what you do. This has crossed the line into hurting people. These girls are missing opportunities that they've worked their whole lives for.
2: So here's here's kind of an alternative that I was thinking about today. Um would you I would much rather I'd be totally fine if she swam in a women's uniform against the men, you know, and, and make it not about it would just say this is a competitive thing where it's it has to do with biology, not transgender or not, this is not about choice. This is about the reality of the makeup of your human body. Um, there's body and biology, and then there's identity and there's a difference between the two. And I, you know, I think a lot of people, you'd be surprised if, if she swam against the men, they'd be like, well, huh? I mean, it's, it's not my cup of tea, but I'd rather that than her swimming against the women, knowing that she's biologically a male. And, Then, you
1: know, these girls say something about it and they're banned from Twitter. I think if you're on the side of the argument that is shutting people down and trying to silence people, I think you're well aware that you're on the wrong side. You're just trying to win at all costs, the argument. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know where it goes from here. I don't know how far it goes. Does this go to the Olympics? Is the rest of the world doing this or is this an American thing?
2: Well, they're following the Olympic standard the NCAA really punted on it and said we're going to follow the olympic standard and since it's not really a big olympic thing i mean you see that in the in the weightlifting a little bit and it's kind of on the fringe of the olympics but you know here the olympics is different than college athletics. It's very different. This is the last time a lot of these men and women are going to be swimming and they're not doing it for the sponsorships or to represent a country. Again, I think there's two separate things. And I don't think having the Olympic standard apply to U.S. colleges is a great idea. Shit, I'm cramping up. My leg's cramped up. <laughs> All right. You
1: need a banana, John. I do. Did you I have a banana? A banana? Yeah. I, I, you just feel, oh, man, for, you feel for
2: these people on, on two fronts. You take this, uh, her name, Rika Kiorgi and she's upset. She got bumped. And then on top of that, she can't even describe what that was like. And I, that's what's got to change, I think, first, is we need to be able to talk about it because – you know, you can't just force somebody to accept this brand new thing that they haven't really been exposed to. I think that's the the reality that we see across a lot of fronts is just when when you're forced to accept something that you're not comfortable with, you can't be labeled a bigot. You gotta give somebody a little bit of time to process, you know, what that was like. And and I read the SI article about the, the process she went through And, and like you said you, f- you feel for somebody Who doesn't feel right In their own skin There's also a line you cross You don't necessarily Get a blank check To do whatever they want In society uh, There's still protocols And and fairness When it comes to Athletic competition Human rights is A completely different conversation Than what we're talking about It's it's really about what What is fair to the sport That you've decided To dedicate yourself to and That's all
3: I got What are we doing mm-hmm. When it comes to Handing out The national championship championship, NCAA national championship to a to a man. I don't understand what we're proving.
2: It seems like there's a group of people that are starting to redefine gender and a lot of things that the rest of society has grown accustomed to uh, viewing in the traditional sense. And not only are they redefining it, they're saying, this is the new standard. And if you don't get on board with it, if you don't accept this, then you are a bigot. And it's like the old... White guy who kind of has a point. It's just like, can you give me a beat to really understand what we're doing, and just stop calling it man or woman and say person. Can can we have some sort of uh, baby step into this reality that we're seeing across society? Because it it seems a little bit like a mockery, like when Caitlyn Jenner won man of the or woman of the year or whatever, and it just didn't make sense. It was just a political stunt. Can we stop with the political stunts? And if If we want to really- That was to
1: move the football forward a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And if we want to start accommodating some of the more, uh, I'll, I'll say, fringe aspects of society that maybe not everybody's used to, but I'm all for that. But let's let's do it in a way that gives us some time to process something that maybe we don't understand. Because I didn't grow up with anybody who was transgender. I knew very few people who were homosexual. Um, I went to an almost all white school. It doesn't mean I'm a racist. It means I'm ignorant on a lot of topics, and I'm going to need a little bit of time when <laughs> when you explain some of these things to me. And it's not that's the reality that I grew up in, and I'm more than willing to change, but you know, don't shove it down my throat and tell me I have to accept it and tell me I need to learn all about it and and expect me not to have a little bit of pushback. I mean, I'm all for adapting and, and, and changing, but you got to have the right tools and you got to have the right experiences to do so.
3: Absolutely. Number one, I think it's a very small percentage of people that are trying to change the genders in america it's a tiny fringe why are we all listening to them that's what i've been saying there are at what point because they're lying to us we're being lied to these are not women these are men they may feel like women they may want to dress up like women they may want to go to a doctor and have them mutilate their body to where they could somewhat look like a woman. But that doesn't mean that they're a woman. They're still a man. And, and I don't think I'm alone there.
2: And, and you'd be surprised how accepting people can be my dad used to tell me my dad was an iron worker and you're not gonna find too many uh liberal iron workers but you know he he was um, he worked at a job site where there was obviously a transgender ups worker that would show up dressed as a man on monday and by friday they they were dressed as a woman and my dad kind of he was accepting him he was just like that's just who that person was and we all just kind of grew to accept it because they got to know him as a person and and it became real to them. I think a lot of the people who are angry at some of the more conservative groups would be shocked at how accepting we can be if it's just, let me process this, let me understand it in a a way that's a little more real than just screaming at me on Twitter when I have a question. Exactly. If a group of iron workers can can accept a cross-dressing UPS driver, I think the rest of us can really come to terms with what the, the story is behind a lot of this, but we're not going to get there very quick. If you throw judgments at me when I have questions or I'm just like, wait, you yeah, if you call me deplorable. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where 90, 95% of people are. We're decent human beings who just want to be treated like human beings. These people on social media are the very loud minority. I think that you could fill maybe one small suburb with all the January 6th nutjobs and all the libs of TikTok. And we're making our policies and we're acting as if most people are like we're not. I work with people. I go to the store. I buy groceries in line next to people. I go to sporting events. I drive on the freeway. I see people. They're not the fucking psychos that are on Twitter screaming at me. I'm not even using a picture of myself. How do you know anything about me? I'm here to talk about gambling. Stop yelling at me. Jesus Christ. Fucking calm down. We're not meant to interact with that many human beings. We have a limitation (laughs) in our brain. I would look it up. There's some sort of, I forgot what it's called. It's somebody's number, 150 people, 150 people. That's all you're able to really keep straight. So you get a thousand Facebook friends yelling about their vacation and racism and fucking Deshaun Watson. You can't
3: handle that shit. And you walk around stressed out all the time. Oh, yeah. Don't forget Putin's got nukes aimed at us. So that's all that's in the back of the head, too. (laughs) Any day could be the last. Dude, I feel weird making long term
1: plans now. That's how fucked up (laughs) the world is. If I start thinking about something I'm going to do in six months,
3: I'm like, well, I mean, am I? (laughs) Are we going to be here? I'm like, we made it. to. This is the 10th episode, guys. We got to double digits. So if he bombs us, we got to double digits, boys.
2: I think another interesting aspect to that, to your point, is uh, we've got a number of um, people that we can theoretically know. And I think a lot of conversations are meant to be had in groups of no more than five or six. And yet we're having public conversations, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but... Wow, could you like it's like we're having a town hall for every opinion that we have and it's just going nowhere fast. It's like in Parks and Rec when they just try to have the most simple thing and they can't agree on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew there was a number, Dunbar's number, an individual human can maintain stable social relationships with about 150 people, not more. This is the proposition known as Dunbar's number that the architecture of the human brain sets an upper limit on our social lives. We're tribal people. We're hunter gatherer. We're not meant to have instant access to 2000 other human beings at all times.
3: And another problem is like, I just got on Twitter myself, what Eric, three weeks ago, and now I'm making all these friends with people that have podcasts and I know some of them were going to have different political views and that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. It's just never good when you're in an echo chamber, in in my opinion. But it's also not good if you jump into a fucking shark bin or fucking shark <laughs> tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, hold up, right. just let me get my toe in here. I'm not a yeah. bad guy. Yes, I do like to raise my kids with, with my wife as a married heterosexual. If that makes me a bad guy then whatever, you know. But I also am very accepting of everybody or most yeah. people or I try to be. Ah, uh, Eric's looking at me funny.
1: No, you're the <laughs> nicest guy I know.
3: <laughs> I have I'm 45 years old. I've been all o- I have been all over America and I've met a lot of people and I don't know many transgenders. I just don't.
1: How many oh different God. categories are we going to separate ourselves into? You're separated by what color you are Who your parents are What country you're from How much money you make Where you live Where you were born Where you're originally from yeah, I'm a cisgender upper middle class Heterosexual Fucking we're all human beings Can't we just hang out Jesus Christ I feel like Rodney King <laughs> After When he said how, can't we all just get along who are you? How do you treat me? How do you treat people that I see? That's what I care about. That's how I judge a person. Are you a decent human being? I don't give a shit about whatever other labels.
3: <sighs> yeah. Now with all the pedophile no, shit that's I, been going on in the goddamn news lately, now I, I judge everybody like, are you staring at my fucking daughter? But that's what the media does, isn't it?
1: I say if this doesn't work out, we do, we become pedophile hunters. <laughs> we just, we trap those guys and pull up to Bro. a man. man. Yeah. Oh
3: my gosh.
2: Wow, we really went into a ditch on this one, guys.
3: We did, dude. We are in the it's field, the pulling shitties. The farmer's coming with the fucking 12 ks right
1: now. While we're here, you want to hear about how that camel was fucking set up that killed the guys? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, A.
3: 100% <laughs> I do.
1: First of all, there's a book. I It's called OJ is Innocent and I Can Prove It, I think is what the book is called. Dude, his kid did that shit. And in that same vein, this camel, while he did murder those two people, I can't deny that, he was in this shitty petting zoo that was barely, barely maintained. The public adults and children were petting and feeding animals without any employee attendant present. The only person there was the kid selling tickets. Some fucking teenager who's probably scrolling Instagram and getting high. And he's in charge of making sure nobody gets eaten by camels. Second of all, the only source of water was this shallow little Creek that was between, um, the camel had the people between he and the water. So what choice did he have? And his camel brain, he's fighting these people for that water source. He doesn't know that they know about Aquafina. He doesn't even know Aquafina is a thing. He says, there's my water source. There's some sort of dominant male in between me and my water source, and he went all rut on him. I don't know what do you call it? when a camel gets all horned up, rut, musk, whatever it is. Their mating season, when they get all fired up and start fighting each other, he comes in and sweet you know, he did what he had to do, is what I'm saying. This camel, in his mind, was defending himself.
2: Animals are going to do what animals are going to do. It looks like wanton slaughter
1: of a retiree, but I assure you, that's not what this is. Unfortunately, the camel has already been put to death, so we can't rectify this in any way.
2: <laughs> Who's the redneck that killed... It was the cop that killed him, right? Yeah. It- I'm just picturing the petting zoo from old school, and Sean Williams Scott is just like, Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one... I think rule number one, let's stop having petting zoo. Why are we having petting zoos? For kids with camels. You know what should be in a petting zoo? Rabbits. Bunnies.
3: Maybe some sheep. I don't know.
2: Sheep. I don't know. There's They're, one. They got a mean
3: streak. Got to have a goat.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Something that's And spits. a big uh, <laughs> golden retriever, probably.
1: There's one out here. There's one out here in Wisconsin that's got trails you walk through or you can take a golf cart and you can feed the deer, you can feed yeah. the foxes and the ducks dude. They got timber wolves in there. They got a fucking tiger. A they got grizzly bears and like a couple fences. I think if those if that bear wanted you for lunch, he could have he could make that happen. I don't know. I we always kill the animal when it does what the animal does. You can't like yeah. I love nothing more than to watch YouTube videos of matadors getting fucked up by bulls. That's the best. If you're (laughs) going to, if you're going to trap this animal, especially something like an elephant, elephants, I think are human in a way like dolphins are, you really shouldn't fuck with them. It's like, it's like abusing a person almost. these animals remember shit. Elephants in India came back and destroyed this village of these people who killed one of them and, you know, shot some of the others. They came back to this village, destroyed the houses, destroyed the food, didn't eat any of the food, just ripped all the bags open and left. Like these are highly intelligent animals. And if you try to fucking make them into a circus act, then you deserve
3: what you get. Hey y'all, I'm from Oklahoma. So I had the pleasure of going to uh, the greater Winnie Wood exotic animal park growing up with uh, our favorite Joe exotic.
1: Have you been wow. there?
2: So now to,
3: yeah, absolutely. That's a field trip. Yes, of course. Dude,
1: Saturday, you're telling us all about Joe's exotics.
2: Oh my gosh. If you guys like that, listen to Nate Bregazzi's bit on the Serpentarium. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, I love Nate Bargatze. Yeah. I just turned on his bit the other day. I was in a bad mood. I turned on his bit about um, if you get bit by a snake, you're supposed to catch the snake. <laughs> God, he's funny. Hey. Tennessee kid I didn't like. I don't know.
2: Really? I don't know if
3: he was trying too hard because it was his first Netflix special.
2: Good little Tuesday run. So, now.
3: John, yeah, we, we, might, we might be able to pull a half an hour on Tuesdays, maybe. <laughs> Here we are an hour later every tuesday like an hour and a half shout
1: out pod nation all right i gotta go to bed chris kick that outro Ooh. music